My name is Jimmy Purdy, shop owner, master tech, transmission builder, and the host of the Gearbox Podcast. Here I talk with new and seasoned shop owners as well as industry professionals about day-to-day operations within their own shops and all the failures and successes that come along the way. From what grinds your gears to having to shift gears in the automotive industry, this is the Gearbox Podcast. I think you're going to have a good time. Yeah? Yeah. All right. <laughs> so yeah, I know you've listened before, but it, it's the Gearbox Podcast. Okay. So, and the, the one thing I always don't do right is my introductions. <laughs> well, so, so we'll get like 15 minutes into this thing and then like no one will know who the hell I'm talking to. It could be Abe Lincoln for all you know. <laughs> <laughs> it's like I still around. I don't know who this guy was talking to, but I could have swore he was like the Hillside Strangler. <laughs> he might have been on the front side of a penny. I'm not really yeah, 100% I don't know. sure it was weird. what the hell's going on here. <laughs> so let's start off with introduction. Uh, my name is Cody Wyckoff and I've pretty much known you since high school. <laughs> yeah. Been gone way back. Um, I've been a diesel mechanic for 13 years now, uh, mostly working on farm equipment. Okay. Um, like I went to, I went to WildTech, which a lot of people don't like admitting that because that school was just kind of like they had a lot of issues yeah. a couple years ago, yeah. but they've, I guess they've cleaned from what I've heard, they've cleaned their act up now, but, um, I was in there in the heyday of the shit show. So, um, it was interesting. I, I actually went to uh, Laramie, Wyoming, because I wanted to work on the big stuff, like trucks and stuff like that, and, you know, the big toys. And so their diesel program, the Sacramento cabinets had, uh, that was for, like, pickups and stuff. And the only big equipment they had was in Laramie. So I went to Laramie, Wyoming for, like, nine months. And it was cool. It was an experience. I mean, I think I got more of just, as far as a growing experience as a person going to that, you know, moving to a whole nother state for almost a year, you know, as a, you know, I think I was 24 when I went there. Like I was still like wet behind the ears, like cocky thinking I knew what everything, but I didn't. And, um, I came back and I started working at, uh, specialized equipment, which is not here anymore. Um, working on farm equipment. And then I went to work at uh pastoral's truck center for like a year and still that was that job molded me <laughs> in more ways than I like to admit that from what I've the experience I picked up working in like big semi truck shops is it's a rough world. I yeah, mean it, the, it pe- the people that work that. in that they are everyone's a hard ass right. and they will ride you and beat you and it's you have to be like a mentally strong person for that and um, so I was there for a year and then I ended up leaving and, um, <laughs> due to, uh, discrepancies with a boss I had. And, um, so I left there and then I ended up working at Kubota at the uh, scene and tractors. And that's where I got a lot of experience. And I worked there for like seven years. Um, I was in a service truck working on equipment, fixing stuff in the field. And, you know, anybody that can relate being in a field truck, you do a lot of self-taught learning. You know what I mean? Like sometimes you might not have the parts and you have to like make up your own fix for the, t- for the time being until yeah, you can get the right stuff. Field, right. Yeah. Like I've had to do that a lot. Like make my own fuse or, you know what I mean? Like reroute it this way or, oh, if I rewire it this way, it'll work for a little bit till I get the part here next week. And so I did that for seven years working at Kubota and that was and that was a school of hard knocks. And I, and I actually owe a lot of the experience I have from that job. Um, 
working there. And then after Kubota, I went to John Deere for another four years as a setup tech, which was kind of a, I guess a downgrade in a, in a bit. Like I wasn't like going out in the field and like fixing stuff cause I was a setup tech. So I was just like getting stuff new, ready that was sold and bought. So that was like, you know, kind of like repetitive crap, you know, which sucks. But it, the, the one thing I will say though, that shop, if you've ever been to it over at Calcos, that's one of the I nicest shops you will ever step foot in, period. Like you don't have, you could move an entire engine from one end of the shop to the other just on hoist. Like, oh, set up. oh yeah. yeah. Like in the center of the shop, there's like a big, Oh, I don't even know what it is, like a 20-ton crane. But, like, every corner and every spot, there's giant electric hoists where you can pick up, you know, half a tractor and just move it around the shop. So that's kind of nice. But, you know, as you get into those bigger, you know, companies, I think it gets a little bit more political. And if anybody that's ever worked in a shop, you kind of understand yeah, what that like is. Yeah, the dealership side of it, too. Oh, yeah. You know? Yeah, they're, they're big time. But they got they got the money, man. And, you know, when you work for those big companies, they have the money to spend on the tools and getting you the right equipment. And, you know, working in a tractor shop, if you've never done it before, it's so different compared to a car shop. I can only imagine that. You don't have car lifts to pick up stuff. You yeah. don't. You use forklifts, you use jacks, you use blocks of wood, and a lot of it's on the ground. That's probably why I got bad knees now. But Yeah, I can see that. And... um like I lo- like you know working at Kubota compared to like John Deere, that shop was more of a mom and pa kind of shop. I mean they're a big corporation, but it's not compared to Calcos. Calcos is they just got millions of dollars in that company of John Deere. It's just you know John Deere is like the Cadillac of tractors. You know you're spending money on a name, so they have the money to spend on that kind of stuff. And but I loved working at Kubota just because it was like you felt like you were working with like family, like you know what I mean. Like yeah, you yeah. you got. Like, if you were in a jam, you asked your coworker, he'd drop everything he was doing to come help you. You know, over over there, the bigger corporation, if you need to help with something, you ask somebody, you felt like you were being judged. It's all numbers. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. right, right, you're right. You're a number. You're just a, you're just a guy picking up a paycheck, and that was kind of it. So, and then after John Deere, I ended up leaving to go work for uh, uh, on-site diesel, which was a good four months. Because I don't, I don't mean I don't want to talk bad about a guy, but it was it was just not the fit for me. Right, guy was very rough and very. Um, <laughs> I mean, it just it just really pivots the conversation in like shop culture. Oh yeah, and it doesn't matter like whether it's an auto shop, tractor shop, mm-hmm. like what it is. Like it's it's really about the shop culture, and it doesn't matter how much you're getting paid. No. If you're not happy. No. It doesn't matter. <laughs> the the key part for me working anywhere is if I don't like the people I work with, that's a, that's a huge deciding factor. Right. If I can't wake up every day and decide like these are the people I want to associate with, right. I don't need to be there. I'd right. rather just not get paid and I'll figure something else out. I'd rather right. if I if I'd rather work at McDonald's flipping burgers if everybody there I loved and would take a bullet for it than go working at some place that's going to pay me thousands of dollars and I hate everyone there. Yeah. I mean that's that's a great that's a great segue to bring up cuz it's that's exactly what's happening mm-hmm. in this industry and it, it's like everyone thinks I don't know if everyone thinks, but it's like a huge culture. Now we were talking about when you came in was like these having shop owners that that are raised in that 
crack a whip and everybody starts working hard. Oh, yeah. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And it's just not the 70s anymore. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I, I, <laughs> I, it's funny. Like, I hear, like, I've had guys that just work, like, insane amount of hours. They're like, oh, I'll work 120 hours in one week and all that. Like, I've worked those, you know, I've had 116-hour paychecks in a week and stuff like that. Right. And as far as, like, I don't mind working overtime. Like, if I need the cash and, and we're in a jam at work, and this work comes back to, do you like the people you work with? Yeah. If you Are you willing to- Am help? I willing to do that? Right. If it's someone I'm willing to do that for, absolutely. I will work till my fingers fall off. Right. But if it's a company I don't care for and I feel like they don't care for me, I don't care. I don't want- You want me to work all the overtime in the world? I won't do it. Right. Well, the compensation isn't enough. Yeah. Right? Well, consider the fact they don't- It's not enough money- to make it for the time you're going to miss with your kids and your family and right. your wife and your family. But I mean, everybody. I think like some of the drive is like, well, why doesn't he want to work overtime? I'm paying him for it. And it's like yeah. the thought of compensating um, your employee, mm-hmm. you feel like that should be enough. And it's, yeah. and it's not. No. You know what I mean? Like you can't just say, oh, well, I'm paying you for it. So do your job. It's it's not, that's not what it is anymore. No, no it's <laughs> I don't not. know if it ever really was. And I mean, hats off to the guys that lived through the seventies in this field that like, oh, yeah. that like came in that was and, the just, heyday, man. and just took the shit and drank, drank the black burnt coffee, the bottom of the coffee pot. Exactly. And it was like, they set up a cot in the corner. And yeah. Just it was there. like, yeah. <laughs> Like, like good for you, Matt. Like seriously, props to you. But honestly, like that's just not where we're at anymore. And I feel like a lot of the technicians that have become shop owners are kind of in that mentality because that's how they were raised, or they were in the shop that saw that, and that's yeah. the only training they have. That's the only knowledge they have on how to. They just don't know the difference, you mm-hmm. know. And it's really difficult to even wrap your mind around a different way of doing anything unless you see it. Mm-hmm. You know, unless you like worked at different shops and saw, but if you found a shop you really like, you're not going to go open a shop. Like I'm getting paid well here. They treat me really good. Why am I, why am I leaving? <laughs> yeah. It, yeah. You know, like, why am I going to go do it on my own if these guys are treating me good? And those are the techs that should be shop owners because they understand, wow, if you treat everyone fairly and right and respectfully mm-hmm. and compensate them, everybody, mm-hmm. everybody will show up the next day. <laughs> oh, oh yeah. Well, you know? like when I, like when I left Kubota to go to Deer, Deer, it was a pay raise. But now looking now, like what I know now, I wish I would have never left. It was a mon pa shop and it was a paid, you know, a decrease. Right. Like from when I was Well, you're tracing there. the money. But I, I love those guys. I still talk to my old boss there on the regular. He'll, you know, he's a Raiders fan and I was a Cowboys fan. He'll still send me stupid, you know, like <laughs> memes or whatever, like Cowboys, like riding, you know, the gay pipe pride parade or something, you know, stuff yeah. like that. Yeah. And, and we're still good buddies. And, and if, you know, honest to God, like I love where I work now, but like, it's kind of like if I didn't have a job, if that guy called me and said like, hey, you need a job, I'd be there in a heartbeat because I, I love him. He's a great guy. Yeah. And he treated me well and I, don't, I got nothing bad to speak about him. Right. But um, Yeah, you go chasing the money. That's what mm-hmm. you do. I mean, that's yeah. just what it seems like the right thing is to do, mm-hmm. you know, and, and that translates right over to the other side. It was like, well, if, if you just pay everyone more, you can treat them however you want to treat them or, you mm-hmm. know, you, you can build this culture that you expect them to uh, adhere to. And it's like, that's not, that's not. That's not right. That's yeah. not. That's not what's going to work anymore. Yeah, oh yeah. <laughs> Whether it ever worked before, but what's well, a whole other beast now? You're yeah. not working on the same equipment that they were working on 30, 40 years ago, right? You know, it's all much more advanced now. Yeah, I mean, you got tractors you deal with, right? And oh my and gosh. and so and so, I I don't know. I mean, even for me to think about tractors, I don't realize how much. Um, 
electronics are in them now like i see i see them now i do the research i've read up on them like holy crap like but of course like mm-hmm. that only makes sense like well of course like of course they need to have gps yeah. tracking and and well there's and some tractors that have know. like 30 something controllers or solenoids like there's tractors now beyond the actual implement implement that's just beyond like the tools on the that cab on right like, it's not even having to do with the motor right you know like there's tractors now that if you program them you, with the GPS, you don't even need a guy in the cab. Like, did you know that they'll, they'll set it up? Oh, I've seen and program that, yeah. it, right. and you know, you whatever it'll your just, field, it'll, it'll just run GPS circles. it with a satellite, and it'll it'll plow, harvest, whatever the entire field without having anybody in the cab. Which I I'm like, okay, that's cool. But then a part of me, like the guy that works, is like, man, now you're taking a job from some other guy. That's true. You know, and yeah. that kind of sucks, but. That and then the other part, the mechanic part of me is like, oh man, this sounds like more problem that I need to deal with, like yeah. more electrical issues. Like, oh great, oh, great I got to figure out why this tractor is doing donuts and there's no one in it. Yeah. That's cool. Yeah, so. figure out why. I mean, it goes right into ADAS, right? Like the mm-hmm. auto, automated driver assistance is like it's the same thing. People are going to come in like, my car's not parking itself anymore. You know, Can you help me? I, I think of my dad saying, like, if it's not broke, don't fix it. Right. You know, it was great. You know, steering wheel worked fine, guys. I don't know why we, oh, well, well. I don't know why we can't st- still use it. Why can't we drive the cars why, ourselves, you know? It's got pedals. If you're not going to have anybody in it, why bother putting a steering wheel and pedals in it? Right. Like, but I, I think maybe the tractor industry, or, the, or not tractor industry, but the heavy-duty industry, like what you've been in, have may, maybe been ahead of the curve a little bit mm-hmm. um, as far as the implementation of... The actual having those those sensors and that technology, I feel like that's been around for a lot longer than a lot of us have kind of realized. And now it's like trickling down into, in quotes, light duty or the automotive world. As far as like having those sensors on these tractors, and like you said, program it to go, I want you to go do this three acre acre field. Mm -hmm. And it's automated, you know? (laughs) I mean, I feel like that's been around for a long time. It's it's funny. I feel like I heard some some of these, like with deaf. Like death fluid. Right. I feel like I heard like this stuff coming into tractors before I heard it come into like vehicles. Right. And when I heard about them, I'm like, why are we doing this? And next you know, I hear like GMC's doing it. I'm like, wait, what? What's going on? Like, yeah, well, everybody's doing why? it. Huh? This is, this, you realize this is chemically made cow piss, right? <laughs> We're putting this in what? <laughs> like, it's good for the environment. Well, you know, California is a whole nother beast and they're ruined. They're honest to God ruining like, yeah. heavy equipment area the automotive industry like diesel trucks aren't going as far as they used to because of all this deaf stuff they've added to it they're not like back like so like you were saying like back in the 60s 70s stuff like that diesel trucks million miles yeah absolutely no It'll problem do it. not an issue there i actually read an article i forget what ma- it was like a trucker magazine and there was a guy he had a 86 like kenworth but he had 3.75 million miles on this truck. And he's just like, re, you know, rebuilt it, you know, added a sleeper, upgraded the sleeper. You know, he just kept adding to it. Right. I promise you, 60 years from now, you're not going to see a 2022 semi doing that. Right. It's not going to happen. Oh, yeah. It's gone to a disposable world. Yeah. Throw it away. Throw and it away and buy a new one. Hold the whole truck. We don't need to rebuild it. Just throw it in, buy a new one. <laughs> you know, and it's. It, some some of those things I understand, like why why you just throw it away and get a new one, you know, like a like a chainsaw carburetor, it's thirty bucks. Yeah, why why rebuild it? Right. Just buy a new one. I get that, but a whole truck, you know, <laughs> stuff like that. It's like why? Well, you know, we used to we used to use our hands. We used to fix things. Yeah. Why can't we still do that? Oh, right. because 
it causes pollution. Oh, okay. Well, they can't monitor exactly where everything's going. Yes. You know, it's, oh, it's, yeah. it's just the checks and balances. And <laughs> I mean, and so, yeah, going back to like the death fluid, and I'm sure you deal with a lot is like the regens. Oh, yeah. Right. So how many, how many tractors you get coming in just, just for a freaking regen? Oh, yeah. I mean, I, we deal with it with, with just the medium duty, I guess you mm-hmm. call them trucks come in and they just, oh, I just keep going. I just keep going. I mean, I've driven, I've rented tractors before mm-hmm. and then the little stupid light comes yep. on and you're like, bypass, bypass. And then before oh, you yeah. know it, you're like, oh, what the hell? I got to sit here now. So, you know, what's funny is when, so when I was working at Kubota and the whole, uh, deaf and, uh, regen started coming into their systems. It was funny. I made a point when I went, when they sent me to Kubota school, I made a point to the Kubota guys and they all kind of looked at me. I was crazy. And then it was, and what it was is, so their systems, they have two different industries. They have the ag and the construction. Okay. And the construction industry, their system, the region would just be, um, on all the time. And when it wanted to go in a region, it would just do it. Hmm. Okay. Well, on the ag one, you had to, you could, um, you had to push the button. To like activate it, right? Every time you start the tractor, like you start, you have to turn it on. The construction, you just fire the tractor; it's already on. I see. So, and I told him, I said, "That's going to be a problem." They're like, "Why?" And I said, "Well, let's just say Farmer John, who's been driving his tractor for forty years, decides to buy a new one, and he's you tell him he's got to push that button every time he starts the tractor. He ain't going to do that. He's not going to. It's not going to happen. It's not, if you tell him he's got to push that button on every time, no, he's going to fire it off, go take a piss on a tree, hop back on the tractor, fire it up, not hit that button and go, and then this DPF filter is just going to get compact. Right. I said, you need to make them all like the construction so it's just on all the time. They're like, no, no. The exact next year, they all change it to the construction one <laughs> because these DPF filters, when they first came out, they were telling us there was like five levels of being plugged. Like first one's like, hey, it's kind of plugged. We need to do something about it. Hey, we have an issue. Hey, it's getting really serious, man. It's getting really plugged up. Four is like, oh my gosh, you know, buzzards and things going off. And the five was, there was nothing you could do. You had, to re- you had to remove the whole thing, either replace it or go get it burned. And most, but I think on they said on level five, you had to replace it. And those filters were $3,000 a pop. Crazy. So, and I was telling these guys, I'm like, dude, you, you can't like, you got if you're going to do it one way you got to do it like with all of them but just just that one simple stupid little thing turning a button on oh yeah that causes so many issues and then these guys aren't going to want to buy these tractors anymore because they have to deal with it they're going to put the money into their 1970 whatever farm all in the backyard they're not going to they don't want to buy a new one yeah why would they yeah why would why would you buy something for an inconvenience exactly you buy something for convenience yeah not to make it more of a pain in the ass right i mean it it, it just like rolls right into like the the new cars with having the subscription programs for heated seats and and all that kind of stuff right now you're speaking chinese there's a subscription program oh yeah yeah so they got oh yeah so it's the same thing where you buy this vehicle for the convenience factor right Uh And so, say you have heated seats. BMW's done it for a while, but yeah, you get a subscription. Well, I got a whole other issue. With yeah, so you got, you, so you, got, you get these heated seats, and now they want to take that away and make it so because it can be, it can be activated wirelessly, you know, through through. Um, so you have to pay a subscription if you want your heated seat. Right. So they'll just turn it off, and then when you pay your subscription, then okay, your seats are back on, so you can use them now. See, I think we're just getting lazy as a society. If you're cold, man, put on a sweatshirt. You know what I mean? I, I drove a truck all through high school that didn't have a heater. If you're right. cold, put more clothes on. Right. If you're hot, roll the window down and haul ass. I mean, I think that's the biggest pull, too. I think that's the biggest thing I always say, too, is like you buy something, you own it. Like, take care of it. And it, like, it's not disposable. And it goes right yeah. into like the tractors and stuff, too. Like, so if you buy something, you're buying it so you can fix it. Mm-hmm. So you can 
do these things to keep it maintained and keep it running. You talk about having to add def fluid or have a particulate filter, like no one knows what that is. And it's like, you can't fix it. Mm-hmm. It's just, like, it's three grand. Yeah. That's it. Mm-hmm. It takes 10 minutes to replace. Well, it's <laughs> you funny. Know? Like you're saying, taking care of things. And like my number one like pitch I would always tell to customers when I was out in the field and they're like, wow, oh, I just bought this tractor. I got issues with it. And the number one pitch I tell them, and it's a very simple thing. I tell them, I said, when you're done with whatever you're doing for the day, wash the tractor. Yeah. They're like, why? It's just a tractor. I'm like, well, here, we, there, you get a couple things from that. One, you wash it. It just looks clean. Okay. You don't look like just some gym, you know, schmo just out there you know, beating up equipment, wash your equipment. And secondly, the other reason for that is you can see when issues are going to happen before they happen. Yeah, if your tractor's all nice and clean, yeah. when you start driving it that day, dirt's going to start attaching towards leaking oil. And it's going to, oh, hey, that wasn't like that before. What's going on here? Well, you have a, a kingpin seal that's about to go out because it's starting to collect dirt and crap around it. It's like a, it's, you know, it's like yelling at you. You can see it. You know, it's showing you that there's an issue. Right. But if it's dirty all the time, you don't know if that's from the engine, for the front axle, from the transmit. You don't know where that issue is coming from. But if you keep your stuff clean and organized, you're, you're more – you don't have to be a mechanic. You'll know something's going on. Yeah, something's different. Exactly. No, it's a good point. No, I mean, that's – Just keep yourself clean. Oh, yeah. I mean, and that translates right over to the light industry too. I mean, and I've said it before. It's like take care of your stuff. Mm-hmm. You know, no one's a better advocate for their own vehicle than – than they are. Mm-hmm. If you're driving your car and you feel, hear, see, smell something different, you know exactly you don't need to be a mechanic because you're paying attention to your car. But yeah. the society now is moving into like this replacement thing where it's like, Light oh, replacement. it's making a noise. I'm going to go buy a new car. You know? And, oh, or yeah. it's like they just ignore it. They're like, oh, I just need this thing to last another year. So I'm not worried about it. And they come in and, and we do inspections and there's $3,000, $4,000 worth of maintenance that needs to be done. It's like, well, why is it so much? There's nothing wrong with it. It's like, not right now. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, you need to do this stuff to avoid the big stuff. And you mm-hmm. have so many different things that are starting to fail that this is maintenance, you know? And oh, it's yeah. just like you said with the tractors. Like, if you wash it and you can keep up on it instead of taking it down to the to the dealership because finally a, a major seal fails. Mm-hmm. And they're like, oh, hey, by the way, you need another $5,000 worth of service work. And they're like, what are you talking about? I just came in for the one leak. It's like, <laughs> well, no, you now. don't go down here. I'm looking at it and you got this is wrong, this is wrong, this is wrong wrong and this is wrong right and with equipment i can only imagine how many people put that stuff on the back burner well, the amount what? of stuff you must see is like mine must gotta be mind-blowing you would, you would be actually surprised equipment like tractor owners they're more acceptable to spend five thousand dollars in repairs than oh yeah are. yeah like you know because you get if you think about some of these tractors and this is where like women are going to start hitting on farmers now is some of these tractors cost way more than a damn BMW ever will. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. You know, yeah. You, you, know you spend $30,000, $50,000 on a tractor, you kind of got a, a light one. Yeah. That's you know true. what I mean? Yeah. You know, you spend uh, yeah, you're six, talking figures six figures on yeah, a tractor. For sure. Yeah. yeah that's, a, that's a big boy. You better, you, keep, know? <laughs> you better keep that thing up, huh? Oh, oh yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Then, But then I think about like like cars and in, in, in how they build them now. Like- like the Ford Flex, for one instance, I've heard that um, – have you, have you ever done a water pump on one of those? Yeah. You have to remove the whole engine through the bottom of the car. Yeah. What? Yeah. <laughs> Excuse yeah. me? And they, and they had a big failure with them, too. Really? Yeah, it wasn't like something that was like 
Oh, it happens every. I mean, it was a big deal. Oh, and I really? think there was a lawsuit that went behind it. I don't. Was it like a lemon law? Uh, I didn't go into lemon law. There was definitely some. There was definitely some stuff going on with that one for sure. That was like a big yeah. deal because it was. It's a big job to deal with. And same with the explorers. I mean, the the water pumps on those fail a lot. Oh, really? oh, yeah, the three okay. fives. Um, and it's the same thing. It's run off the timing chain, and you got to pull the time cover. You don't have to pull the engine out, but yeah, uh, it's just the same thing. Like a critical component like that that's buried so freaking deep where you look like a Chevy truck and it's four bolts and that's what I told my buddy I said you have to realize because when I was telling him this he's like okay I'm like dude you realize every equipment ever built I don't care who made it no one has had to pull an engine to do a water pump you could just do it right in there so when I heard this I'm like I never want to own one ever That sounds terrible. Like, I want nothing to do with that. That sounds bad. Well, it's a critical component, too, like a water pump. Like, it's never going to fail. Like, mm-hmm. it's going to fail. Oh, yeah. You know? Yeah, water and metal don't mix. Yeah, this, this <laughs> is, and it's a part that needs to be addressed. You can't let it go. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, that, that's a weird one. Um, the Ford did. And I, I don't remember the specifics <laughs> on what happened with that I lawsuit. About but... that, I was just shocked. I was like, what? I, like, is this a joke? Is that yeah. a real thing? Like, no, that's a real thing, man. I was like, wow. Yeah, yeah. This, this is, I'm glad I, I. I'm glad I stuck with trackers. Yeah, you know. <laughs> and, then, and then, but you know, like I said, and that got me thinking about it too. Is you know they spend they're not afraid to spend money on the tractors. But the other thing too that's for me is kind of nice is I'm kind of rough around the edges kind of guy. Like, um, you know, like I'm not a painter. You know, I'm a grease monkey. So they don't care so much as far as what they look like, as long as internally that thing is running like. A champ. As long as it's going to go make them money. As long as it's going to go make them money, that's where they spend their money. And they don't, they, a lot of them, they don't care about a hood or a fender. To like, oh, I don't care. Is that leak not leaking anymore? Yeah, it's not leaking. All right, send it. You know what I mean? They, yeah. Good to so go. for me, that's kind of nice too. Is like, they don't care so much about the cosmetics of it, but as right. long as the lights are working and everything's running like a champ, they don't care. I can see that. As long as they can get, you know, another harvest, two more harvests, 10 more harvests. You know, but then like California has a program now where they're buying tractors back. Interesting. They're, yeah, we just did. Um, <laughs> this is kind of like stupid. I j- actually just did one at my work. Um, we had this old—I don't even know what year it is—but it was an old Ford, and they were doing a tractor buyback program where they buy this tractor for them, and they gave them like uh, the state of California gave them like a check for like seventy-five grand to wow. put towards another tractor. Now this tractor on its best day wouldn't even be worth five grand. Wow. Yeah, but they wouldn't accept it because the tractor didn't work. His clutch was blown up. So I had to split this tractor to put a clutch in it for it to operate if correct, just so that they would buy it to destroy it so they'd give him a check for something. I'm like, wait, what? <laughs> Whatever. I'm getting my paycheck, I guess. Yeah, so I put a whole new clutch in there, like, you know what I mean? But I didn't, like, go to, like, the extra mile to make it all nice and neat because I'm like, I know this thing's going to go get chicken, but it right. was just kind of, like, dumb. I'm like, what are we any sense doing? Of? Yeah. Yeah, the politics of that kind of stuff is bizarre beyond any of us, I think, can ever comprehend when it comes to the consumer buyback program does the same thing with cars, you know? Mm-hmm. If they don't pass smog, you can, you know, 1000 bucks, 1500 bucks, whatever, but it's uh, got to drive, you know? It just, it just can't pass smog. But it's still got to drive. It's like, what's, what? That's why I don't, I, I, I have, you know, I usually have my A to B, which is my truck, which is, you know, something I'll probably have to smog for the rest of my life because it's a 2015. Yeah. But everything else, I buy like 75 and down. Right. I don't want to, I don't want to smog it. I don't want to deal do with that, it. Yeah. I, oh, if it's broke, okay, I can fix it. And I don't have to mess, I don't have to, you know, deal with the state and have them crawling up my ass for something I did. Right. Deal with the smog program every oh two years. God. And now they're doing the state inspections too. It's just 
Well, that's why I wonder how Kyle's going to get that coupe of his all checked out. Yeah, good luck. Yeah. <laughs> Reg- register it in Montana is what you're going to do. Well, he told hey, me. Hey, thanks to everybody out in Montana, by the way. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's funny. He, he, took it, he said he took it down there to DMV, and they're like, this is, this is not the engine that was in it. Like the, like stock. Right. And he's like, no. <laughs> Just look at him like, no, of course not. Well, this is the one you're going to run in it? Yeah. Obviously. Yeah, obviously it's in it. It's kind of like. That's what, that's that's about the point where we say no 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 this is just the one I mocked up yeah this is yeah this, this is just this is just I mocked up just it's just for shits and giggles this, this is going on my boat don't worry a, about it guys. this is just a blower motor I decided to throw in here for the day it's only six and a half feet tall you know don't worry about it <laughs> I want to go pick up my kids in this oh the thought process I don't know oh, it makes man. it tough being in the automotive industry in California because of that stuff but we figure it out I guess yeah you know eventually yeah eventually. So the pole with the the heavy duty, that's something that you're obviously been doing. Mm-hmm. You like doing. It, was that like a conscious decision or is that something you fell into like out of school or like what what was the pull behind like the instead of going to light service versus like the heavy duty? Where, yeah. So when I was when I went to diesel school, like I uh Wildtech, I was originally signed up to do diesel and automotive. Okay. And when I got there, I changed it to go all diesel. And the reason why was is I thought that, you know, there were so many things changing out of motive industry and then, you know, electric cars and all this. And then what I thought was is at a time, you know, everything that you own has at some point um, been brought to you by a diesel engine. Yeah, that's fair. Everything you own from this desk, from that soda, from my glasses to your NOS tank sitting right here. Everything has been brought to you by a diesel engine, whether it was a boat, truck. You know, so I just, the way I thought of it was drop security. Yeah. You know what I mean? Diesel's not going away at all. I don't see, there's nothing that they have come up with that is as efficient, that can do the job, that won't break down, that doesn't, that can outdo it as far as durability. There's nothing that we got going on that can beat it right now. So I just thought of it as a job security doing it. And I'm a big guy. I can't, you know, me crawling underneath cars a lot. I just, I laugh because sometimes I don't fit. So the tractor works great too, because there's not, I can crawl underneath those real easy. Right. Um, And that's kind of why I went that route. I never, it's funny. I never was actually, um, I never worked on tractors before until I started working at Kubota. Like I worked on some semis and pickup trucks, you know, growing up. But like, and I actually, when I, when I got hired there, I told him, I said, I've never touched a tractor a day in my life, but if you're willing to teach me, I'm willing to learn. So, and that was, and that's kind of been, always been my pitch at any job. If I don't know how to do it, if you're willing to teach me, I'm willing to learn it. You know what I mean? If you're yep. willing to sit down with me and whether, whether you want to call it, walk my, you know, hold my hand and walk me through it. I'm, if you're going to willing to do that, I can at least become a sponge and try to absorb it. Yeah. So. And then once I started doing that, I realized like tractors was kind of my thing because like, you know, I, like I told you earlier, like my downfall is electronics, like wiring. Well, tractor is easy because you can see all the wiring. Yeah, that's fair. Not, it's not hidden. You know what <laughs> I mean? Fair, I guess, they have like yeah. a fender here, fender here, hood, and that's it. Yeah. And anybody that doesn't know what a tractor or has never worked on one, the way I've always described it is picture an engine with a transmission, then bolt two axles to it. That's a tractor. Yeah. Pretty much. If you want to go do a clutch on a car, yeah, you, you know this. You can you know, drop the drive shaft, pull the tranny out. There's the clutch. Tractor? No, you got to split that thing in half because it doesn't have a frame. You ever you ever seen that? Splitting a tractor? I've, no, I've not, not. So if you I've think about your tractors. think about a car where the bell housing sits on the engine. Okay. 
split the entire car in half and walk it away from one another. Oh, I see. That's how you do a clutch on a tractor because there's no frame. You can't, I can't drop the transmission because the transmission is the frame for the tractor. It's all integral. All it's together. all bolted together. The yeah. minute you bolted the tractor together, like the engine will tilt because the front axle is just like a seesaw. Interesting, yeah. It's very different. So you're pulling tracks off. You're pulling oh, yeah. everything. Just You just... You split it all the way down to the, dash, the tractor, all the way down to the bell housing bolts, disconnecting all the hydraulic lines that go around the side of it, and then walking it away from one another. I have a couple pictures on my phone. I'll show you on some of the ones I've done it. You'll just go like, and it's funny because I talk to guys that are car guys, yeah. and they see that. They're like, what the hell? Are you serious? I'm like, yeah, man. It's nuts. But I see you guys with, you know, coil packs and like all these wiring. And I'm like, what the hell? Like, you know, we just kind of like trade stories. What is this magic going on? Oh my gosh, man. Like, you have what? What's a distributor? You know, like, we don't have that. Like, it's just kind of like. They don't know spark plug. What the hell's going on? Yeah, we don't know spark plug. uh, Yeah, I can only imagine looking at a tractor. I've probably looked at a few where I'm like, how the hell do you pull that out? Oh, yeah. It's, so that makes a lot more sense that you just, you just you just disassemble it from the outside in. Yeah, you just did, yeah, from the outside in. You have to dig to where you're trying to get to. That's crazy. Yeah, it's pretty wild. Well, I mean, it's got to have some pretty good labor times on them then. Oh, oh yeah. Oh, yeah. Now, is that something on, on the heavy-duty stuff where on the tractors you get a, a book time, obviously? There's oh, got to yeah, be some sort of labor guide. Yeah, right? if, it, mostly, honestly, at dealerships they'll have it, like flat rate. They're like, oh, okay, well, no. It's going to take you like 12 hours to do a clutch. Like actually, I when I was at when I was at John Deere, they I, I, when I was a setup, there was a tractor that had a, a, a input seal leaking on the transmission, and I've never split one. And they're like, "Oh, we'll send it over to the ag department. They'll split it." I'm like, "I can do this." They're like, "You can?" I was like, "Well, I've never split a deer, but like I've split Kubotas all day. I'd do it in my sleep." They're like. All right, well, if you want to give it a shot, and it was like a 12-hour flat rate, and when it was all said and done, I beat it by two hours. So I was I was proud of myself because I've never done one on a deer, and I beat, you know, flat rate by two hours. I'm like, right. sweet, man, I'm like making money. But, um, yeah, they have they have those. And the shop I'm at, I work for um, Central Coast Equipment uh, out there off Union Road for Cody. Oh, Hunts. right, yeah. And um, had to get my little name drop in there. Great guy if you've never met him. Like, I have not, no. Cody is like – that guy's family, man. Like I, there's not a whole lot that guy couldn't ask me to do that I wouldn't just jump on and do it for him because I just I care about him a lot. Yeah. Back to like liking who you work with or who you work for. Right. Um. But um. He's he's pretty good at you know, he does all. I don't do a whole lot of quoting because he's you know he's the boss man. He does most of the quoting. Right. And he kind of he's kind of touched everything and knows. But there is flat rate books on doing certain things. Um, yeah, a lot of it's going to be time and material, though, I would imagine. And then it also depends, too, if it's a, a, a cab or not. Yeah, I could see that. Yeah, because I have one tractor I'm doing right now that um, we had to pull the entire cab off of it because it has uh, the uh, input shaft going into the clutch broke, and it has a shaft over a shaft. So your normal input shaft going into the clutch mm-hmm. had a secondary one that's for the PTO. Oh. Well, that one sheared off of it, and it was stuck in the clutch. Oh, perfect. Yeah. Well, that shaft, the only way to get it out is having it come this way out through the transmission. I see. So we had to pull the cab off because we had to split the transmission in half to get that shaft out, and it was just a nightmare. Yeah, that sounds a little bit like a nightmare. Yeah, that's got to – yeah, the hours just start racking up, and this is your oh, bill, yeah. you know? Well, and then everything on them is made of cast. You know, like the housings, the transmission housings is cast. And they, and it sucks because a lot of times if something breaks on the transmission case, you're screwed because you can't, you can't weld cast. I mean, you could try. Yeah. It's kind of, 
You really want to put your I've name seen, on I've it? Seen, and send I've, it seen, out? I've seen people try on that stuff. Like, Brazing you it. shouldn't have done that. <laughs> nah, man, you should have just got a should have got a new one. Just throw that away. <laughs> throw <it> away. <laughs> yeah, I guess when you're that deep, though, I mean, I mean, yeah, you you don't really pull stuff out, though. I guess I'm trying to wrap my mind around like even that repair process because for me, I need stuff like disassembled. I think a lot of techs are kind of like that too, where it's like it's so hard to like fix something like. In the dash, you know, mm-hmm. like if you need to do a blower, like you just want to pull that. I'll, I'll use that as an example, like the HVAC box, right? Like mm-hmm. say a blend door breaks or something like it's so hard to like try to build that in the car. And mm-hmm. you're just like, I just need to figure out how to get this out of the car and put it on the bench and then I can fix it and then reinstall that yeah. box. And I feel like. They have the battles just getting to that point. Yeah, but I feel like with, with tractors, you probably don't have a lot of that. Like you got to do a lot of stuff like, well, this is going to save me like four hours if I just like deal with it in this awkward position mm-hmm. that it's at, right? Yeah. Does that sound about right? Or is it most of the time you can actually get those most components of the time out? You can, most of the time you can get the components, components out because you're not fighting body panels and, you know, stuff buried. Yeah. Because there's nothing really hiding it. It just you falls know, The out. only time that it, it's hidden, if it's inside of it, then you really got to start pulling stuff apart and yeah. dealing with it that way. And then the other hard thing, too, about it is that um, almost everything on a tractor weighs a ton. <laughs> Because it's all made of cast iron, steel parts. Like, there's nothing light. Rusty on. bolts everywhere. Yes. You're breaking a lot of stuff. You know, you, you're going to learn how to weld real quick. That's for sure. Um, <laughs> but um, yeah, everything's heavy, <laughs> and it sucks. <laughs> and it's hot, and it's covered in cow shit and yeah. moldy broccoli, which if you've ever worked on a tractor that came from a broccoli field, hats off to you, bud. Is the most disgusting thing. Oh, my God, dude. It smells like the whole tractor's just been submerged in like a septic tank. Crazy. You know, I've had uh, plenty of cars come in ranch trucks. Oh, yeah. And I I just whine about the little bit of cow shit that's under the fenders. Oh, man. I I would give (laughs) you nightmares. The tractor's just buried in this stuff. (laughs) I would give you nightmares. I don't, and it's funny because I've worked on so many vineyard tractors. Like, I, I don't like wine. I don't drink it. I don't, I hate grapes now. I hate wine now because- I have like vineyard tractors come in with like moldy wine uh, grapes yeah, on them. Yeah, it's yeah, just stinks, fermented. Man. Oh yeah. my god! And then we come back to like wash your stuff, man. I know you guys have a pressure <laughs> washer the out there. Of god, don't tell me you don't have it a... before you bring it yeah. in. Here. <laughs> like, don't tell me you don't have a pressure. I know you guys have one. Yeah, come on, just hose it off. Anything. Uh, Take it in a bucket of water and splash it on there or something, man. Because I'm the guy that's gonna mess with it, and I got to deal with moldy food on it. it sucks. All stuck deep in those. Deep just in those caves, yeah. Or then you'll have uh, rats and stuff. I used to keep a pellet gun. I was just going to say, I wonder if the rodents oh, yeah. going to be a bad one. I used to keep a pellet gun behind the seat of my service truck because there was this one house I went to. It was actually in San Luis Obispo, um, kind of off of um, uh, Bitterwater, like on the other end of Slow. Oh, wait. Yeah, Okay, yeah. like way, up way on those south. hills. Yeah, yeah. So there was a house up there. He had a nest of uh, wood rats. I don't know if you ever heard of these things. Wood, I think it's wood rat. But they're like they're like this big, like like almost the size of a house cat. And this one was like inside, behind the dash, just eating everything. And I would just take a pelican. I'd be shoot him out. I'd have I take him. I take channel locks, grab him by the tail, and pull him out and shoot him and like huck him. Like because these it's gross oh, everywhere. Oh my god! But they just chew up all the wiring, and then they sometimes they get fried in there. Because they'll be right by the tank or the engine, and they're right. just cooking. Because right. they want to stay all nice and toasty in the wintertime, and then Farmer John fires up the tractor, and he just burns those guys. Yeah. Or uh, birds crawling into the um, exhaust pipe. Mm. I had one they went on a big 6150 deer, crawled in the exhaust stack, and I fired it up, and all of a sudden I see these feathers just, 
just shoots it out. I was like, what was that? And I realized it just roached at a bird. I thought it was going to build a nest in the bottom of the pipe. Uh, and I'm like, oh, man. Okay. Yeah, the rodents have got to be terrible with those big equipment. Oh, my God. They're everywhere. Absolutely everywhere. <laughs> we got a lot of spiders. That's about it. We got to worry about yes, Occas- Occasionally, spiders, something man. will sneak out, but. I don't do spiders. <laughs> no. I actually had a. Um, that, well, you do, actually take that back. We get spiders, but they'll be on implements. And I had one oh, right, uh, rototiller yeah. Yeah. lifted up. And if you know, ever um, you ever stare at a bunch of ants on the ground, like if you just stare at somewhere on the ground, you can see where all the ants are. Like the ground's moving. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. So I, I lifted up this rototiller and I was staring at the shaft on it, and I can see everything moving because it had like a thousand spiders, black widows, wolves, like everywhere. And I'm like, oh no! <laughs> so I took brake clean and I just. Just blow torch the whole thing. My yeah. boss comes out. The whole thing's on fire. He's like, "What are you doing?" I'm like, "I'm killing everything before I work on it." <laughs> I'm like, "I'm not. I'm not getting bit today, everything bud." Alive. Oh yeah. Or uh, rattlesnakes. Snakes and other oh, service snakes calls out moving, in the middle yeah. of nowhere. Yeah. I had one. It was a. It wasn't a rattlesnake. It was a king snake, which is actually a good one. But I don't. It I'm like matter. Indiana Jones. I don't do snakes. Yeah. No, I took a pitchfork and I like, okay, dude, like, huck See them over ya. there. Well, then he kept <laughs> coming back. I'm yeah. like, go away. And then I'm just driving the tractor like a whole mile away from him. And I'm like, I'm not doing this. <laughs> I'm not doing with this. I like walked back at my service truck, drove it back down. My owner's like, what are you doing? I'm like, I've got snakes over here and There's I'm not snakes. doing it. Well, it's snakes. a king snake. I don't care. I'm not doing it. I don't do snakes. <laughs> I'm good. I don't need to worry about him crawling up my pant leg oh, or he decides to crawl up. I've heard horror stories from buddies. They'll be working on equipment. A rattlesnake was actually in the tractor. Oh, man. Yeah, like buried in there next to where it was nice and hot. And he was right. just trying to stay warm. And he came over to me and he heard the rattle for a second. He thought it was like a tool in his pocket. And he's like, what the hell is No, it was just a wrench. And then he like goes over and hears it again. And then it like strikes out of it. And he's like, he's like, dude, I almost like shit in my pants because I was running so far. Almost died today. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm, that's another reason why I don't like doing service calls anymore because I don't yeah. like – I don't like fighting for my life from the, the naturals, the the natural disasters of the world. Well, I could only imagine the the work you probably get at like a, I don't know if you call it a dealership, but a, a repair facility. Mm-hmm. Probably a lot nicer equipment that comes in than the ones that you have to go out and repair, right? Oh, yeah. You know, like if, if you're not willing to put this thing on the trailer and take it down to a service department, it's probably not the nicest thing in the world. No, they're going to be beat up. You know? I've, there's been a lot of, and that's the other thing too, is like farmers, you know, because a lot of those guys weld. You just see the stuff they've welded onto their tractor. Yeah. Some of it's kind of ingenious. Yeah. You know, but some of it, like I had one I used to call Frankenstein. Cause it, like, it looked like he just started taking bolts and just like welding it where the threads are sticking up for some reason. I don't know why, but it looked like it had moles like all over this tractor. He welded all over the loader, everything. And then there's guys that like, you know, like the loader tube that goes in between like a stable, like they'll put a cap on the end huh. and they stick tools in there. And then they just shut it and I'm like, oh, that was genius. Like, that was a good idea. Now you got your own toolbox on the loader. Yeah. No one even knew. Right. But. Yeah. I mean, that, that's got to be like tough to see some of that stuff too that you see and, and then be able to like walk, like walk away, you know? Like some, some of the, like, I, we don't do mobile stuff, right? So everything mm-hmm. comes in the shop. So it's like something comes in and it's like something like that. I can't leave this. I can't leave like this. I'm sorry. Oh, yeah. Like you need to tow it out of here. Yeah. I, I can't put my stamp on this thing. Oh yeah. But like going out to like these tractors is like, is that even like a like? Do you even worried about that kind of stuff? There's when, a, when you're out there like there's that? a lot of times like if if I can't and granted I'm not doing field calls anymore. Right. Like, I work in the shop now, but right. when I was doing it, there's times like if I can't if I can't fix it here, like I just I don't 
there's no point in me charging any more money to you because no matter what I do to this, it's not going to get fixed. Like it's got to come back to the shop. Yeah. So I'll just tell them like, Hey, you know, it's like, there was a, a gal I did. Um, we just did a, we re, we completely went through her entire cooling system on the tractor, put a new radiator, new water pump, um, thermostat, changed the hoses, like everything like six months ago. And then um, she called us up, and the tractor said, oh, I won't run. I need you to come take a look at it. Well, I go out there, and I'm, like, trying to get this thing fired up. I can't get it started to save my life. I bled the injectors. I finally get it fired up, and it is a complete – the tractor is a smoke machine. It is just fogging smoke out of the exhaust pipe. And I'm like, uh, okay. And it's just running like crap, just ba 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 ba, And it's just smoke. Like, I'm fogging out her whole, like, house. Like everything, and I shut it off. I'm like, all right, so we're gonna have to come back with the trailer, and this is how to go straight to the shop. She's like, why? I'm like, um, you see all this? Like, I don't. There's not enough tools in my truck in in my truck to make this go away. Like, it's got to come back. We're gonna have to tear this whole thing apart because there's something bigger going on. Right. And actually, what happened was, <laughs> and this is <laughs> this is this is where mechanics like have issues with engineers. And you know, you and I like how you smiled the minute I said <laughs> that because you know what I'm talking about. She's, she said, uh, I, and what ended up happening was it had um, old fuel in it. She put new f- old fuel in it, but it was uh, gasoline oh. in a diesel engine. And then she's like, well, you guys worked on this. This is your problem. I'm like, no, no. Well, we did. It ran fine when we left here. This right. is not our problem. The problem is that you have, and like I'm telling you, when I say gasoline, like gas, like the first batch of gasoline ever made. Oh, okay. Like it was old. It smelled, it smelled like, like uh, rotting meat. Wow. Like, it was nasty. And um, I, t- I asked her, I said, because I, I took a sample of out of it in a mason jar to Probably show her. Yellow. Oh, it was gross. Yeah. looked like it had, like, chunks in it. It was nasty. Oh, and I man. told her, I said, this was in your fuel tank. This is, it's not diesel. I, I don't know what it is. I don't know if it's kerosene or gasoline, but it's, <laughs> it's not, not diesel. diesel. It's not diesel. <laughs> Might have been gasoline at, at one point, point in its It life. was some kind of combustible fuel at some point, but I don't know what it is. Now, I don't even think like an old deuce and a half that has a multi-fuel engine could run on this stuff because it was just gross. And she said, oh, and I said, you put any fuel in it? She's like, well, my son, uh, he's an engineer, and he said that there's something wrong with it. I'm like, okay, well, did your son put fuel in it? And he's like, yeah. I'm like, okay, well, your son, the engineer, put not diesel in a diesel tractor. Yeah. And so what happened was her injector seized, and it just started dumping fuel down the cylinders, and it it tried to like hydrolock, but what it ended up doing was melting a hole in the cylinder wall that was about as big as my pinky nail. Wow! And it just fried it. So she spent whatever so much to fix that entire cooling system. Well, it, she ended up buying a new tractor because the amount of money to rebuild the engine on that thing it yeah. was she was half the cost of a new tractor. Yeah. Well, the fuel system and everything else probably oh, too, right? Man, it fried it. Yeah. See, it sees the fuel pump. It sees the engine block. Like everything was toast. That's crazy. Yeah. Yeah, that's a good callback. Hey, so you just worked on it a couple of weeks ago, and yeah, and now well, it's not. And well, now it was it won't, six now months won't, ago. Now it won't start. Yeah. That wasn't my fault, there, sweetheart. That was your son, the engineer. <laughs> well, I've only put two hours on it since I got it back, though. <laughs> <laughs> I don't care if you put five minutes on it, man. That did not. I did not put that in there. I promise you, I did not put that fuel in that tank. Oh, uh, the gas doesn't go all that quick. Oh, I showed my boss it, and he just started laughing. He's like, oh, my God. Yeah. He's like, yeah, this lady's been on. She's called me every hour for the last two days oh, man. wondering what's going on with the tractor. And I'm like, that should be a dead giveaway that she knows something that they did. That's fair. That, that's a fair <laughs> I mean, way to look at it. Every hour for two days. That's And that's the other thing, too. I love it when customers um, 
try to lie to you yeah. <laughs> about stuff. And, Absolutely. And that's the thing I love about whether it's a car or equipment. It doesn't lie. Oh, yeah. As a mechanic, you're kind of the detective. When you start going through this and doing your diagnosing and figuring it out, and you're like, okay, so you were riding the brakes. Yeah. That's why it, That's why you got brake chatter now, because you were riding the brakes and the rotors are for, warped. You know? Right, right. So that's what I love about it. You it's, know? Like, it's like what? Uh, is it Grissom? CSI? Yeah. <laughs> Just follow the evidence. Just follow the evidence. <laughs> We can all relate to that. Follow the money. Follow, follow the money and follow, follow the money. evidence. Tell you exactly where the issue is. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, we can always relate to that kind of stuff. Having, um, and the, no, it's a, that's a fair thing to bring up too. I never really thought about it that way. Is like the ones that get real full of anxiety mm-hmm. are the ones that typically made that mistake. And they're yeah, like, they don't want to. They don't want to cop to it. They don't want to cop to it. But, but equipment doesn't lie, man. Yeah, no. You just you look at it long enough, and you're like, uh, you've been around the block. You're like, ah, that didn't happen because of that. Right. You were doing something stupid. Right. But of course, we're all just trying to rip everybody off, you know? Oh, yeah. Well, that's what everyone thinks. Right. Mechanics are just trying to get... I don't... I don't... Here's the thing. I don't know you. I don't care. I'm trying to get a paycheck, too. I just want to get it fixed. Right. Right the first time so you don't come back and piss off my boss. So, I'm not trying to earn more money. I'm trying to help you. Right. Because I would rather have someone tell me that something's going to break down further down the road than forget about it and send it off and I'm back here in a week. Now, I'm pissed off because I was just here and why is all coming to tell me before? Yeah, that's yeah, and that's. I just don't understand. I mean, it's understandable the thought process. Maybe that goes back to like twenty, thirty years ago when things were a little different. But even still, then, what would be the point of even trying to rip anybody off in this industry? Is like how do no. how, like what do you mean you're going to get ripped off? Like, mm-hmm. well, especially in a small town like we're in. Yeah. But even still, everything. Yeah, but still, just like the thought behind the whole that whole thing to begin with, like. What would what would benefit you to do something to that tractor, say for instance, yeah. to have you come back out and spend your time? Like, why would I have done something like this? Yeah. How does that make any sense? Yeah, you're gonna lose a customer doing that. Well, and you then, lose a customer, but it's like like on the business side of it, even like what would the, even be the incentive to have somebody do you something? Li- mo- from you it. don't absolutely nothing. No, and I don't know. It, it just blows me away, like the thought process behind it, because I deal with it, and it's like, oh man, why is it going to be so much? Or do I really need to do all this? Is like, no, you don't need to do anything. Mm-hmm. This is just what I'm recommending. Yeah, like, <laughs> yeah, you can take it or leave it. You, I don't exactly. care. This I'll is your you, car. You want to fix it? This is what I'm recommending. Right. To fix it fully. Right. If you don't want to do that, I can just fix the bare minimum, and that'll get you on your way. But in the end, it's your decision. Right. You know, if you want to go that route, this is what's going to cost. And, and I feel like, in, kind of, in my experience, is like. Having that conversation and not, and not, I don't want to call it pushy, but not like really selling the fact that there's all this other maintenance that needs to be done, mm-hmm. you know, and you can probably relate to this. Like, you know, you're going to see that thing back, that equipment's going to come back if they don't do the service work. Oh, yeah. And it's already there. Like, let's get this done. Yeah. Yeah. The bill's going to go up, mm-hmm. but the, you're, you're not going to have to load this thing back up, bring it back down here, go through all this. Like, let's just get it done now. Yeah. We'll be done with it, you know? Yeah. Uh, and it's, and it's like, at first, you're just like, you know, I'll just fix what's broken. Make mm-hmm. you happy and go on your way. Mm-hmm. But then six months later, they come back and they're like, why don't you tell me? Like you said, yeah. why don't you tell me these all this other stuff? I like, well, I did. I don't remember that. It's like, and so without being pushy or like selling Key that. Key is documentation. Yeah, it is. You but document that. you know, as well as I do is like, you can write it down, email it to a text it to them. It's like, they still you come back like, forehead yeah, I don't, I don't remember that. Yeah. Well, it's funny. And, and, and when something you said that made me think about it, it also comes up with that. Like I was saying, just keeping yourself clean. Yeah, I had um, a customer. Um, it was on a, a skid steer on an SVL, and um, 
a Kubota skid steer, he uh, underneath the seat is you know you can just lift up the whole seat and there's all the hydraulics and everything to it. Mm-hmm. Well, he worked in an area that had a lot of like powdery dirt, and what happened was because it wasn't a sealed cab, so the dirt got in there and everything, which is fine. But that's why on the skid steers they have plates you can remove to wash everything out and just drains out the bottom of it. Okay. Well, he never did that, and the dirt got in there, and with the vibrating of the diesel, the dirt compacted 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 and it actually pinched a hydraulic line shut wow which was the feed hose for the entire hydraulic system smoked the pump which was three thousand dollars thirty five hundred dollars just for the pump not including all the labor to replace everything we fixed it six months later came back for the same thing because he did it again wow and we told him said you got to keep this clean this thing is like owning your own legal tank It'll run over brick walls. It'll lift up thousands yeah, those of pounds. Little, those little It'll do badass, anything yeah. you want it to do. But if you don't take care of it, it this is going to happen again. And especially where you're at with this powdery dirt, got to keep this thing clean. And he's okay, okay. And yeah, six months later, came back for the exact same thing. Dirt got compact so much that it pinched. It was a two-inch hose. It was a big hydraulic line. That's crazy. And it pinched it shut so that the hydraulic flow wasn't adequate enough and it smoked the hydraulic pump. Did it twice. Wow. Couldn't believe it. Well, at least it wasn't a third time, too, I guess, huh? No, well, I think maybe the third time, maybe you would have gotten it. <laughs> I sure hope so. <laughs> yeah. you think people are smart enough to well, screw up on it. Oh, what? Let's, you know, let's put two pumps on there. Yeah. <laughs> Is there a bypass we can do to that? Yeah, right? <laughs> yeah, that's crazy. That's crazy the kind of stuff that happens. Oh, man. In different industries. It's wild. Yeah. <laughs> this is stuff you didn't think about, you know? Well, it's- All the YouTube and Googling in the world ain't going to get you to figure that one out. Well, we couldn't figure out was like how did because it, it was a brand new unit, like we were just blown away that the pump just seized, and then once we lift the seat and we see all this dirt, we're like, we're start, we had, we literally had like we just started we started using screwdrivers as a shovel, and we're just like shoveling, you know, picking out the dirt, <laughs> and finally I can see the hose just pinched, and I'm like, oh my god, oh wow, holy crap, I didn't know you could do that, like that was just amazing yeah i I never you never think of something like that because it's a two-inch rubber hose and like it's hard like yeah but amount of pressure it took to finally compact that dirt down to pinch that hose off that's crazy yeah what a trip i guess leading back into like do a little shifting gears here and move back to like kind of work atmosphere and Mm -hmm. like shop culture kind of leave it off on there what's something for you particularly that so you've you've been a tech, you've kind of done your own kind of work, mm-hmm. but for the most part, you've kind of been sh- through shops. Mm-hmm. What would be something that you would look for? Like say if uh, like an employer was listening or maybe someone getting into the heavy duty industry and like, like a mistake that maybe that was made as far as, I know we kind of touched base on like taking care of culture versus money, mm-hmm. but what's something that you would like take away from all that, that I, and the experience that you've had as far as like finding the right shop? You know, versus like just looking at the numbers. Hey, I'm going to pay you this much, pay this much. But is there something that stands out to you as far as finding that right, like where you're at now? Was it something that you landed and you ended up just liking it? Or was there something in particular that like really drew you in? For me, it was always, I was, I was always attracted to companies that were willing to sit down and listen to you and, you know, teach you. You know what I mean? Like, you know, when I went to diesel school, like it was, yeah, I went to a school, but honest God, everything I've learned, I learned on my own. Oh, I, didn't, yeah. I didn't get it from that school. That school right. didn't really teach me a whole lot. I mean, there's some couple things, but I don't use that. That was mostly for trucks. But for now, for me, is I got to like who I'm working with. 
And if they're willing to teach you and, you know, you could give me all the benefits in the world, but if I don't like working with you, I don't want to be here. Yeah. So I, 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 I truly look for, you know, are, are they willing to teach me? Are they willing, you know, is it stuff I even want to, you know, work on? And if it's something that you haven't worked on, are they willing to teach you to do it? You know what I mean? Are they going to have someone that, are they going to send you to a school or are they going to, you know, have you go do a class? Yeah, tra- training is a big one. You know, training is a big one, um, especially the way technology is moving now. You got to have some kind of incentive for that. Um, but, and then the one thing too that I absolutely hate is micromanaging. If I'm right. going to have someone just like breathing down my neck to get something done, I, I want nothing to do with it. Absolutely. I don't care. And, and, you know, for the guys getting into it, speed comes with experience. Don't try to be the fastest guy in the shop. Try to be the guy that's getting it done right the first time in the shop. Yeah, that's a lot faster. You know what I mean? If it takes you all day to do something, by God's, by all means, take all the time in the world. And if you lose some money on it, you lose some money on it. But what you did gain from it was a guy that got experience in it so that the next time he comes around to do that, he's going to be faster than he was all the time he was before. Absolutely. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. So speed comes with experience, but I, I, I... I'm all about like it, I gotta like the employer, and if it, if it, if he's somebody that actually cares, that means a world of difference. It's gotta be genuine then too, right? Like yeah, can't just have this like can't just be putting on a show. Yeah, you know when you walk in a room, you can tell he changed. Oh, he's in here. Hey, you know I don't I don't need that. I don't yeah. need to be fake. In my personal my personal experience, like I'm a very honest person. Probably like. So much to the point that I get myself in trouble because I'm too honest. But I'd rather be honest with you know because if we're gonna be on the same team, I you got to know everything. Yeah, that's fair. You know what I mean? Yeah. If you tell me everything. I'm gonna tell you everything. We're on the same team. It's us versus them. It's not you know me versus them and you versus them. Like no, we're all on the same team. So honesty is a big thing, and um, they got they got to be wanted. They got to be willing to, you know, put some uh time into you. You're an investment to that company. Yeah. If they're not going to take care of you, there's no point in even being here because any company, if, if you were to die tomorrow, any company that could just replace you with some other guy, it's not worth even looking at. You know, they got to want you. They got to care about you because you're the one making money for that business. You're the one that's making them look good. You're the one that's making the reputation of that business go up or go down. Right. So if if they're not going to put any time into you, there's not worth it. Yeah. Yeah, that's a fair way to put it. And I think it's a good a good way to put it too, where you said um to be able to look at it as far as uh, what was the direction? Hard way to hard way to put it. I think you put it well. As far as having them take care of you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you, lo- you could work lo- for the you lo- could work losing for the f- train of thought I, I had. <laughs> well, you could work for a multi you could work for, you know, Budweiser. Okay. Or you could work for, you know, the you know microbrewer down the street, the microbrewer of the street, they might not be able to pay you what Budweiser can pay you, but I guarantee you they're going to care about you more than Budweiser ever will. Budweiser right. might not even know your name. You're just number two four nine six. Yeah, you know what I mean. And I appreciate that than I do to that. Yeah, I think the, the, the well the same team is what uh, what sparked it for me, and I think yeah. it was just an interesting way to put it. Is we all think we're a team, mm-hmm. and everyone's got this motto like. Yeah, we're we're a team. Like we're a team, team. You gotta mean it though. Yeah, exactly. And like you hear it all the time. Like yeah, we're we're a good team. We put a team together. We're a team, team. But it's it's same team. Yeah. Like you know, if you have a customer just saying that, just we're on the same team. Yeah, makes so much more sense. If you have a customer come come down on you, but your boss is not going to stand up for you. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like that 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 stuff that stuff gets to you. Yeah. 
You know, I've had customers yell at me and then my boss not say a freaking word about it. And I'm like, all right, cool. I'm just, I guess I'm the only dick here. <laughs> you know what I mean? But, you know, then I've had bosses where a customer came down to me. The boss is like, no, 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 no. This ain't his fault. This is your fault. Like, you did this. He told you this. And you yeah. don't want to listen. This is the result of well, that. Well, just taking taking ownership. Taking responsibility. Taking the responsibility. And even even if, and I've gotten to that point too, where if, if the guys, you know, do something or like, I got to stand behind what they do. Mm-hmm. Good, bad, or ugly. Yeah, you gotta it's, have a it's on me. About it. Yeah, and so I'm, I'm, I'll deal with it. That we made a mistake because we're human. Mm-hmm. Okay, like, but yeah, I think there's a lot of that divide where it's like I don't, and it's At, hard. It's hard to deal with a difficult client. It's attitude hard to deal reflects with that leadership. Yeah, that's yeah. a big thing. Yeah, attitude reflects leadership. It's really hard to. Uh, it's really hard to do it, but it's. It's it's definitely eye opening to look at it as far as being on the same team mm-hmm. and trying to build that culture around that thought mm-hmm. without just thinking, you know, we're a team, so you play point guard, I I play field goal, whatever. Yeah. But it's like that's not how it works. No. You know, like we're all on the same team, we're all doing this thing together mm-hmm. versus like, well, this is your position, this is your position, you didn't do your job. And that's why we were failing. It's like, oh, hold on a yeah. second here. Yeah. That's that's not correct. No, 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 that's not how it works. <laughs> it's it's so it's it's hard to use the analogy of a team. I've always tried to use like the analogy of we're a crew. Yeah, you know, we're we're a crew here because we're all you know well, you, working together. But working in a shop is like an engine. If all the parts aren't working together at the same time, yeah, something's gonna miss time and something's gonna fault. Right, right. Okay, but we fix this issue. With somebody, or if everyone's helping one but guy, I'm, I'm the kind of guy working in a shop. Like if if a new guy needs help, I have no problem giving him a hand. Yeah, because I've been there and, and it, it sucks. And I think the better way maybe is looking at it like a chain, you know. Mm-hmm. And you can have a weak link to the chain. Yeah, but the chain signifies that we're all doing the same thing. Yeah, we're all in we're this all, together. <laughs> I guess we're all equal. Yeah, you know, I hate, mm-hmm. I hate saying it that way, but I think it's the best way. No, to that's put the best it. way to put it. <laughs> I'm 100 back there. So <laughs> there's nothing wrong with that. Well, cool, man. This has been fun. I appreciate you coming in. I appreciate you. I mean, I've, I know about this podcast, and when you hit me up, I was like, oh, man, that's cool. Like, hell yeah. I'm like, I told my old lady. She's like, oh, well, go have fun. I was like, yeah, I've been home all day, so this is like my one thing I had to do today, so I was kind of stuck. But yeah, no. Well, it, I got I to fill your it. schedule, at least. Yeah, man. You know, <laughs> let me let me check. Let me see if I can get you in there, uh, Jimmy. <laughs> but uh, no, I have, a, I have a lot of respect for you. I love you and your wife, man. You guys are cool people, and I love the stuff you guys get to work on, so... Right I get on. to work with dirty crap all day. So when I see a CNOS Something truck shiny. in here airbagged, I'm like, oh, this is sick. Like, all right, this is cool. Shiny stuff. Yeah, shiny stuff, man. <laughs> I don't get to play with shiny stuff. I get to play with dirty stuff. So it's kind of nice. Well, cool, man. This has been really good. Thanks Absolutely. for coming in. Thank you for having me.